that you have joined us on our night three of the QR2 Prophecy Edition. I thank all of you for taking the time to come and worship with us this evening. Pause right where you are. Let's press that share button. Let's make sure that we're sharing this live stream so that those with whom we are in connection can come and worship with us this evening. I see that some of you have already indicated where you are tuning in from. Let me show y'all some love. Thank you guys for tuning in all the way from New York. We got some folk from the UK who are worshiping with us. We got some people from Georgia. We got some people from Alabama. We got some folk from Florida. Thank you all for taking the time to come and worship with us on this Tuesday evening. God is good. We want you to make yourself comfortable. Come on in, go ahead and let your hair down and let's have a good time in the Lord this evening. I have some friends who I want to introduce you to, but before I bring them in, I want to just remind you to go ahead and make sure that you are sharing this live stream. We thank you for tuning in all the way from California. We thank you for tuning in all the way in Bermuda. We thank you for tuning in all the way from Missouri. We got some folk from New Jersey. We got some folk from Florida. We got some folk from St. Louis. People, we thank you. All of you, are amazing and we are a QR family. And again, I celebrate your support and your willingness to come and worship with us on this Tuesday evening. So let me tell all of my co-hosts who have come thus far to worship with us and to lead us that I appreciate them. Why don't we go ahead and press that heart button for our first co-host, none other than Pastor Damon Hendrickson. All my Bermuda folk, let me hear you. Make some noise where you are. Press that like button, press that heart button. We celebrate you. Thank you so much for launching us, Pastor Damon Hendrickson. And then last night we had none other than Pastor GP, Justin Pierre, came through and he celebrated what God is doing. And we appreciate you for leading us in worship as well. So thank you, Pastor GP. I hope you all noticed and recognized that he was actually a part of the group that sang our special music, Committed. We thank Committed as well for coming through and for sharing their gift with us. But tonight, tonight I have a co-host, Detroit's finest. She is a, a radio personality. Her name is ML6, known all over Alabama, all over the country. She's a good friend of mine. She went to Oakwood University, Oakwood College, and we celebrate her for, where is she at? Let me see if I can bring her in real quick. Where are you? There she is. What's going on? How you doing, ML6? Michael Logan. Hey, <laughs> hey how are you? <laughs> 
You good? Can you hear me? Great. I'm excited to have you. I can hear you. I can hear you. Can you hear me? <laughs> I can. Good stuff. I want to go ahead and say thank you for joining us and leading us tonight as my co-host. We're about to have a good time. Let me ask you, how are you doing, Micah? How are, are things on your end there in <laughs> Alabama? You know, JD, it's a lot. Like, it's a lot going on in the world. It's yeah. um, heavy. Everything is really, really heavy. And, you know, keeping in mind that COVID-19 is still a real thing, keeping in mind that people need to make sure yeah. that they are doing everything possible to protect their immune systems. I understand that emotions are high. Yeah. Everything is like, let's get out here and fight for the culture and all of that. But I just need everyone to understand that we are still very much in a pandemic very much in a pandemic and yeah our yeah. culture is very much getting attacked on every which way and through health through yeah. all types of things and you know i'm loving seeing people fight for us and be out there and protesting and doing all those great things but at the same time i'm concerned about our health i'm concerned about our health so ladies yeah. and gentlemen please yeah. hear me we are still in a pandemic Please make sure that you're doing everything to protect yourselves. It's cool to wear a mask. It's cool to have gloves and stuff. But if you're not protecting yourselves from the inside out, taking your echinacea, taking your D3, taking your uh, golden seal, yeah. making sure you're taking your vitamin C, your B12. I mean, the list goes mm -hmm. on. Whatever works for you, your probiotics, make sure that you're doing those things. Keeping distance, not being in large crowds if you can help it. I mean, it kind of defeats the purpose when you're in a protest. But I do understand the climate in which we're in. It's just a lot. It's just a lot. Yeah. So, but all in all, God is yeah. good. God is faithful. Um, yeah. I'm getting a lot of insight and personal revelation, which actually, speaking of that word, um, there's a meme going on. It's mm -hmm. going around, mm -hmm. and it's a, a yeah. <laughs> funny, but it's yeah. real. People trying to figure out what book of Revelation are we in right now. And, you know, I'm not the theologian. I <laughs> I've seen that meme. <laughs> you know, I know what I know. We talk, we have our conversation. Yeah, yeah. But I think that it's not being talked about as much as it should be, especially from kingdom people. We're so caught up in what's going on worldly, yeah. which is perfectly fine in an essence. But we need to understand where we mm -hmm. are biblically. And a lot of people don't understand. And it's not being talked about yeah. as much as it should be talked about. So, you know, listen, Yeah. we got we to get into it. I'm, yeah. I'm on here with you. Um, I know your father is somewhere around and can break this thing down to us. So he is. Exactly what chapter we're he is. in. I want to bring him in. For. But let's bring him in. <laughs> <laughs> let's bring him in right here. Dr. Doggett, we want to welcome you into the virtual building. And we want to just mm -hmm. ask you a question because ML6 has brought up a very potent point. She's saying that we need to not just discern what's going on socially around us, um, just from that perspective, but we want to see things from a biblical perspective. And that meme that you mentioned, I actually have seen that same meme where they're looking with eyes as wide as saucers. Where are we? Where in we, the are? Book of where we at? <laughs> in that some, in that some. Hey, ML, ML, good to see you. I've not seen, I've not seen that uh, meme yet, but I know people are asking questions. 
asking a lot of questions. And if we yeah. don't have the answers, the world is in trouble. Yeah, There are a lot of things attacking yeah. us right now, but I want to remind us of just a few things, just a few, just a few that are very, very obvious. And I'm going to okay. go beyond, you know, just we have a nut for a president. I don't know if I'm supposed to say that oh, you uh, as a minister, but I think we know that there's some sickness there, some absolute sickness there. And uh, we've got to kind of look at what's mm -hmm. behind all of this. I said at the very beginning when Trump came in that there are individuals who, um, at least in Washington, are very much aware, although they support him, they treat him like a, a substitute teacher who comes into the classroom not knowing what to do. And so the students take over and they tell the substitute teacher, hey, we go out and we have recess from 8 o'clock until 12 o'clock. We then eat. Then we go back out and we play again. So a lot of people are getting a lot of what they want, especially financially out of this guy with what he's doing. But there are some other things going on on this board. It's not checkers. It's absolutely chess. It's chess being played right now. Where are we in Revelation? Yeah. You asked that, yeah. ML6. And apparently, apparently, apparently there must be a meme dealing with this issue. <laughs> Let me say this to you. Go ahead. Anybody who knows anything about the book of Revelation and prophecy, you have to be a little bit stunned at what we've seen just yesterday and today. I'm going to travel over from Daniel 2 into Revelation 6, and I don't want to step on the preacher's feet tonight, so he's got to get all of his time. We got a preacher in the house who's going to bring the word. But let me just say this, Daniel 2, and Daniel 2, as you begin to march forward, what we have in the book of Daniel is we get what the end is going to be like in stories. Remember that guy called Nebuchadnezzar, that <laughs> king who was kind of fickle. He was a little nutty, a little bipolar. If you look at how he developed and how his uh, administration rolled out, yep. one day he was this way. The next day he was that way. He's throwing somebody in the fiery furnace. And then the next day he's saying everybody needs to worship their God. All this kind of stuff going on. He's a little bit nutty, but he likes to enact. He likes to put into law those <laughs> things that he considers to be moral. Let's travel to Revelation now. In the book of Revelation, you get in symbols what you get in stories <laughs> down there in Daniel. <laughs> Let's go to Revelation 13. And I'm yeah. not going to I'm not going to preach. But <laughs> Revelation 13, number one, and I, I'm very unashamed. I go straight. I throw fastballs. I don't throw many change-ups or curves. I go right down the middle of the plate. Bottom line is Revelation 13 talks about America. Yep. There are two beasts in Revelation 13 that we need to pay attention to right now. That first beast that comes up out of the sea and is in power for 42 months receives a deadly wound. That's the papacy. Did yep. I say papacy? That's what I meant, the papacy. And I'm not saying who's going to heaven or who's going to hell, but that system right there, the Bible talks about a lot. It is a system that would be a persecuting system. It's a system where one man would possess all of the power. One man, the Pope, all of the power. This particular system would be in place for 1260 years, and then it would receive a deadly wound. Look at the papacy, 538. Yep, the Justinian decree is now enacted, and the Bishop of Rome, he's the Pope. The papacy is in full swing. 1260 years later, after we've passed through the Middle Ages, after we've passed through the Catholic Church snatching Bibles 
after we pass through the Inquisitions and the Crusades, where millions of people are killed because they disagree with the dogma of the church. In 1798, General Berthier, Napoleon's general, snatches the Pope off of the throne, deadly wound. But the Bible says that once again, that power is going to come back and all the world will wander after it. Yep. Now comes another beast. Real fast now, another beast, another beast that comes up out of the earth, a largely unpopulated area, sometime near the 1798 period of history. Yep. This power would come on and quickly become a world power. This particular power is going to have two horns like a lamb. It's going to be almost like a, a beast that has on a, a, a costume. And it will be like a lamb. And then we will discover that all along it's been talking just like a dragon. Hmm. Look at America, this Christian nation that is responsible for evangelizing the world. Thank God for America. America came here. Our founders came here. And they were the savages that, in fact, messed with the Native Americans. Right. Turned them, called them savages. But the bottom line is they stole the land from the Native Americans, those who were indigenous and already here. We call them now the Indians. Then they had to build this country. This is America. This is our history. Let's look at it head on. They had to build this country. How did they do it? They snatched people from the bowels of Africa, the motherland, brought them over like they, like they weren't even human, treated them worse than you treat garden tools, brought us over here and treated us horribly bad and never considered us to be human. When you treat people that bad, you can't consider them to be human. You can't even consider them to be at the level of dogs. You can't treat dogs like we've been treated in this country. And now what we see is that this power in Revelation 13, and I don't even have to apply it to today, you'll see it. You'll see Revelation it. 13 says that this power, America, the only power that rises up out of the land at this particular time in Earth's history, is going to have such power, it will dominate the world scene but it will speak like a dragon and it will have a system that reflects the first beast. It's called an image to the beast, a mirror image where there will be a dominating leader, just like the Pope, infallible Pope who says it and it is. I don't care what the law is. We've seen the last three and a half years that Trump tramples the law and he's got people near him like our attorney general who walked with him yesterday who Trump said he's going to activate. What does that mean? The attorney general is supposed to be, he's supposed to be the people's lawyer. Am I right about that? Yeah, you Trump, are. Treats him, Trump treats him like his own pet. His own little pet says, come, go, sit. And the attorney general does it. This power, America, is going to reflect the beast power that is the papacy and is going to get in the business of religion. Let me land this plane because I'm feeling my... Help coming on. You're gonna <laughs> land. You better play preach. Right now. Okay? I mean, you better preach. No, 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 no. We got a preacher in the house tonight. Hey. I'm just a moderator. I'm a moderator. <laughs> All right. But what's gonna happen is this: according to Revelation 13, that this power, America, is going to get off into the business of religion, and there will be a combination of church and state, and the military will back it all. So that they will make rules about how we are to worship. It says that this country will make rules on how to worship. And for those of you who have dug into Revelation deeply, you know the day of worship is going to be a major issue with the papacy claiming that they have power because they changed the day of worship and there is no Bible for it. 
So now America is going to force worship on people in a particular way. And those who do not do it, Seventh-day Adventists, others who believe in the Bible and that the seventh day is the day of worship, it's not just Adventists, there are others too. Those who will not follow the law and break God's law, going back to Daniel, same thing happened there. When the boys would not bow, there will be death sentences, penalty of death, can't buy or sell. What did we see yesterday and today? We saw Trump use military might on the people of America as he sprayed them with gas and rubber bullets and batons to clear a path for him to walk over to a church yeah. and pull out a Bible that it looks like Preach. he's never held or seen before. Preach. And he Preach. holds it up just like Preach. Hitler held up that book. Come on. Just yeah. like it. And he didn't know. I watched an interview. I'm sorry. I'm sorry, JD. We got to get on with this with this thing tonight. I saw I saw an interview where they asked Trump about his favorite text. And he said, I, I, I really don't like to talk about that. They said, well, do you like the new or old testament? He said, well, um, I, I kind of like them. But he's never read the Bible. Never read it. He's read Mein Kampf. I promise you that. Yeah. But he's never read the Bible. He walks over there just for a picture. He turns the military on our people of America. And he walks over there and holds up the Bible, a signal to the religious right that has pumped him up, propped him up, and supports him. Yeah. regardless of the kind of lifestyle he lives. He's saying, guys, I'm your guy. Yeah. And then today, he literally goes over to a Catholic shrine, shrine of the Pope. And he says, he declares that his executive order today is going to be for religious freedom the worldwide. Let me tell you something right now. We are now seeing a combination of church and state and military might and where this is heading, you would have to be blind, deaf, and dumb to not know that Revelation 13 is unraveling right before our eyes. And if you're not thinking about salvation right now, yeah. you need to start thinking about it because at some point, God's going to come. I heard that sermon the other night, and he's going to say, enough is enough. Yeah. Done. Closing down shop. The game is over. Right now, it's time to get ready because America is about to do some things that we've never seen her do before. But hasn't that been the case the last three and a half years? Yeah. By God's grace, look at the book. We have a more sure word of prophecy that shines like a light in darkness. And it's going to keep shining brighter and brighter until the day of our Lord Jesus Christ. And when he returns, we don't need to be caught off guard. Stuff is happening. happening. It's brewing in the kitchen. It's a going down, and I don't know the day nor the hour, but it could be any day now. Yes. I'm telling you, right now it's happening, and everybody better stop trying to be cute with their theology and get real and look at what the Bible has to say. And Revelation is great stuff now. It's yeah. the light in darkness. Yeah. Watch America. Watch America. I'm glad to be American, but watch America. Yeah. She's a beast. She's a beast. Thank She's you beast. so much. Thank you so much for bringing that to our mindset, like the front of our mind. I think that people are really forgetting, especially kingdom people are really forgetting that there is a lot of significant things going on and it's easy to be distracted. It's easy to be caught off yeah. like your, your rocker, but it's right there in the book. Uh, yeah. We don't do those Daniel Revelation seminars for nothing. <laughs> hey, you, know, okay? 
Let, let me just say that and absolutely close, and I'm going to sit back. I'm going to sit back, and I'm going to hear some good preaching and singing tonight. But I just want to say that all of the Christian people who are supporting Trump, I'm not in the pulpit, I can say what I want to say, who are supporting Trump because they like his position on abortion, they like the Supreme Court justices that they can potentially get out of him. They like all that stuff. And so they're willing to look the other way. Better stop looking the other way. Whenever the government gets involved in religion, persecution is on the way. And when the Lord comes again, didn't trustee King preach this last night? He's going to render judgment in behalf of his faithful people who follow his word, not who follow the laws of a crazy, crazy government. And the Bible's depicted this government as looking like a lamb, but mm -hmm. talking like a dragon. And if right. black people don't know that, something wrong. Something's, something's wrong. wrong. Man, I don't know if we could have had a more relevant yeah. uh, conversation at the onset of our worship experience tonight. You just dropped so much truth on us, which is why I'm going to encourage all of you who are streaming with us. If you don't mind, I need you to share this. Please make sure that you share this stream so that those with whom you are in connection can get this word. Guys, this is not the time to be playing games. This is not the time to be messing around with our spiritual connection. We need to put on the full armor of God and we need to let this world know the light that God has given us. We got to share it with the world. And I again, appreciate you, moderator. Sensei, we thank you so very much for this moment <laughs> of clarity that you've provided us. And now I want to just offer all of you who are tuning in at this moment an opportunity to give because we at the quarantine prophecy edition. This revival is intended to not just inspire and encourage you. We want to partner with you so that you can help those who are in financial crisis. We take every single cent that you send, every seed that you sow, and we want to put it in the hands of those who are struggling financially during this season. And we want you to know that you have a couple of different options in the realm of giving. You can give on our website by going to www.thequerevival.com. Again, that's www.thequerevival.com. And you can use your card there. It's a debit card, credit card, whatever you, you have, you can use it there. And we also have Cash App. And you can send your seed, sow your seed via Cash App at the money sign, the Q Revival. And if you have PayPal, then go ahead and screenshot this because you can send your seed to paypal.me forward slash the Q revival. Again, that's paypal.me forward slash the Q revival. And again, we want you to know that everything that you give, every seed that you sow will go toward helping those who are struggling. If you are struggling, if you need some financial assistance, we're asking that you would please reach out to us, send us a direct message, send us an email, send us an email at the Q revival at gmail.com. Again, theqrevival at gmail.com, and we will reach out to you. If you're in need of special prayer, if you're in need of connection, somebody to just reach out to you and encourage you and hold you accountable during this time, we have a prayer warrior team that is standing by. They want to reach out to you. Send us a message again to the Gmail account, theqrevival at gmail.com, and we will reach out to you to encourage you, to support you. If you need Bible studies, if you want to be baptized, let us know. We have some a team of powerful intercessors who are ready to pray and connect with you. So please send us that email again to theqrevival at gmail.com. Now we're going to go ahead and go to God in prayer because we need to pray not just for our nation, 
not just for ourselves. Let's pray for clarity that God would provide for us the ability to shine our light in this darkness and spread his love with those of uh, those people he's placed in our sphere of influence. Some of you guys are struggling because we're angry, we're frustrated. We need not just to, to sit idly by on the sidelines. We want to get engaged and you need God's help. You need some encouragement and some, some guidance. We want to pray for you. And we also want to team up with you. Listen, Go out there, and if you are eligible to vote, we need for you to register to vote. As a matter of fact, I'm going to bring ML6 back in here because I want her to tell you, before we go to God in prayer, that you do have a responsibility during this time. Go out there and protest. Go make your, your, your voice heard. We want to amplify our voice during this time. But do it not just by going into the streets with a sign. We also want you to make sure that your voice is heard by means of a vote. Tell the people how important it is to go and vote. You know, today was a primary in a lot of states, D.C., Maryland, uh, New Mexico, South Dakota, Indiana, and several others. And I know that most polls are closing right about now, uh, but you have ballots that you mm -hmm. could go and do Dropbox. They were making it very simple for people. My advice to everyone is to know the rules of your state. Yes. Know the rules of your state. If you are not going to be in your state come November, make sure you know the roles and rules mm -hmm. of the absentee ballot. Do not let not being in your state prevent you from voting. Mm -hmm. This is a very crucial time. Yes, we're believers. And I know some believers may feel like, listen, this is beyond us. Granted, I get all of that. But don't sit here and post Black Lives Matter. Right. Don't sit here and get out there and protest. Don't do it. Don't do the Blackout Tuesday today. All of that is right. great. But if you're mm -hmm. not going to get out there, if you're not going to exercise your right to vote, what was fought for us to do, Mm -hmm. Please miss me with all of that. Right. Miss me with all of it. Today was a Blackout Tuesday where people joined together to really show their uh, just focus on really what's going on to bring awareness to you know put post information about bailouts for people in different cities that have been locked up unjustly for mm -hmm. for bonds and things of that nature. I'm talking about the music industry took a stand. Right. You know what I'm saying? It wasn't to stop us from speaking. No, that wasn't it. It was to basically support black businesses, to, to support each other, bringing right. solidarity in the midst of this chaos. Yeah. And a lot of that can be done if we encourage one another. If you have someone in your family that's 18 years or older, they need to be registered to vote. Yeah. Like, seriously, that needs yeah. to be a conversation. Exercising your right to vote. Be yeah. registered, ladies and gentlemen. This is not a game. Not a game. Thank you for that encouragement. I'm going to stop right here and just say a quick word of prayer for everyone who is in this season where you want God to use you like never before. Father in heaven, we're, we're praying right now as the intercessors of your people that you would move in a mighty way. Give us, God, during this season, not just the encouragement to go vote, not just the desire to go and to exercise our right. We pray that you would give us the endurance, the stamina, the courage, the boldness to go out there to make a difference, to have meaningful impact during this season. God, we stand in solidarity with all who are protesting during this time to let this world know that we're not going to take it, that we wanna see change. Lord, help us to be strategic with our moves. Allow us, God, to do what we need to do so that we can go out there and see you. Use us as vessels of honor. Use us as change agents in our communities. And we say thank you right now for what you're doing because we believe that you are still sovereign, that you are still in control, and we wanna work in harmony with 
your will. So thank you for activating us and for using us during this season. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen and amen. What I want to do is I want to bring my co-host back. She's going to introduce our speaker for this evening. And then we're going to play our song of meditation. And then after the song of meditation is heard, we will hear from our preacher. So ML6, who is it that we have preaching tonight? Listen, we have the amazing Pastor David B. Franklin. I attended school with David. I know for a fact that he is truly an honorable man of God, a Northern California native, again, attended Oakwood University with a BA in business administration with an emphasis in marketing. Uh, Franklin has spent a, he spent a year doing missionary work in Africa and all over the United States. And during that time, that's when he realized and he heard the voice of God like, son, I need you to do ministry. Fast forward, he became a youth pastor and then he went to Andrews University and enrolled in the seminary. Then in 2006, uh, he became the pastor of Miracle City in Baltimore, Maryland. Shout out to Baltimore, Maryland, where he and his wife, Cynthia, where they have two beautiful little boys, have an amazing ministry. So without holding you further with all the prim and prime and all of that, let's get into this word from my college friend, Pastor David B. Franklin, the pastor of Miracle City.
Good evening, everybody. Good evening. Good evening. I am glad to be able to be with you tonight uh, to be part of this very important and critical uh, series of preaching and teaching. Let me say right here at the top, a big thank you to the 2J. A, a leader in what it means to be a, a, a productive and progressive pastor um, in these unprecedented times. And now, James Doggett Jr., you're taking on that mantle and taking it to a whole nother level. And so I'm excited uh, to be able to share uh, during this. And, and kudos on both of you for uh, having uh, the, the courage uh, during this quarantine, during this time of crisis, uh, to provide this platform where we can all find solace and hope and guidance from uh, the, the the mouth of God, from the heart of God, uh, so that we can uh, go through it and come out of it stronger than we began. So kudos on you, and I'm excited to be able to share. Well, let's get into the word of God. We're going to the Gospel of John, chapter 2, verse 17, just one verse for our consideration. And even before we read it, let's pray. Father, in the name of Jesus, will you speak to our hearts and give us clarity on how we should act during these unprecedented times? In Jesus' name, amen. Again, I want to go to the Gospel of John chapter 2, beginning with verse 17. In fact, that will be the only verse for our consideration. Here's what the word of the Lord says from the New Living Translation. Then his disciples remembered this prophecy. Passion for God's house will consume me. Then his disciples remembered this prophecy. Passion for God's house will consume me. I want to preach for just a few moments under the title, The Prophecy of Passion. The Prophecy of of passion. You surely by now have seen the most recent events in what seems to be an ongoing trauma for the Black community. Not only did we see in vivid technicolor the death and murder of George Floyd now over a week ago, yesterday we were further traumatized by the president of these United States 
after he, for a press, for a photo op, cleared peaceful protesters with tear gas and then stood in front of a church building with a Bible in his hand, seemingly with no other advice or words of peace or calm except to hold that Bible awkwardly in his hands as he stood in front of a church building. I, I, I believe that many would want to say that we, not only by those actions, but a host of other actions are seeing prophecy fulfilled. I'm not here to argue that point, but, but I do wanna begin to think about what is the purpose of prophecy? What is the purpose of prophecy? I believe that the purpose of prophecy is not only prediction, but it is also protection and preparation. It is meant to prepare us for the realities that will come so that we can be protected from the consequences thereof. However, I believe we must ask ourselves, who is the we we are intending to protect and prepare? Who is the we that prophecy is intending to protect and prepare? Is it only those who see the world the way that we do? Is it only those that affiliate within the same denomination that we do? Is it only those that accept or will accept and understand the scriptures the way that we do? Is it only those who look the way that we do? See, I believe that, that prophecy cannot be removed from the rest of scripture. Prophecy cannot be removed from the, the, the call to proclaim the gospel. See, the gospel has always been intended for all people. When Jesus gave instructions to the disciples, you remember it well, he said, take this, this good news to Judea, to Samaria and the uttermost parts of the earth. When Peter did not get up to, to, to go to the Gentiles, then God raised up Paul. When Paul discovered that Judaizers were making it more difficult for new believers to walk in their newfound faith, Paul re rebuked the Judaizers. So throughout scripture, we continue to see that the gospel and the message of good news to from God was meant to go to all people. The gospel was never meant to be sheltered in one place, but rather to be shared in all places. In the same way, prophecy is not for a few, but it is intended to be a blessing for the many. So let me say this. Those that cherish end time prophetic messages that, that are throughout scripture, for those that cherish in time prophetic messages that we see throughout scripture, I want to, you to hear me clearly. Prophecy was never meant to be weaponized in order to divide the haves and the have nots, meaning it was not intended to create a division between those that have understanding of prophecy and those that do not. Some creating some kind of pseudo theological hierarchy amongst the people of God. To be clear, God does not say prophesy until I come. He says occupy until I come. Now, some will say part of occupying is to preach the gospel and to share the truth. And I would agree with that. But we must understand that effectively preaching the gospel remains means removing barriers that prevent the gospel from being heard. 
Many of you are aware that again and again throughout scripture, when we see God's message coming through, we see that God's message is to his people is inextricably tied to producing physical and spiritual freedom for his people. When God shares good news, that good news is meant to produce freedom physically and spiritually for all, all people who desire to receive it. In the Old Testament, most prominently, we see the Ten Commandments given in Exodus and Deuteronomy. It opens with the following words. I am the Lord, your God, who brought you out of Egypt, out of the land of slavery. It, the Ten Commandments are set in the context of God delivering his people, that, that the words he, he is about to share within the Ten Commandments, they are set in the context of, of the fact that his message had a real uh, uh, activity that allowed for freedom to be produced for the people of God. In the New Testament, we see Jesus in the temple, according to Luke 4, declaring the words of Isaiah, the spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives and to recover sight of the blind and to set at liberty those who are oppressed. And then he says, if all of that is happening, then we will be proclaiming the acceptable year of the Lord. I want you to hear me clearly. Those who, who, who hold on to pro prophecy, we cannot allow an end-time intelligence to destroy a real-time relevance. God's word was always meant to be relevant to the times and to the people of every time throughout Earth's history. And I believe in this moment, we must demonstrate the relevance of the gospel, not simply our theological intelligence. And if we're going to do this well, uh, there are some words of wisdom that have already been written for us, and they come from a letter by Martin Luther King Jr. That, that he wrote from the Birmingham jail, which many of you may be familiar with. He wrote the letter, get this, while he was in solitary confinement, y'all, while he only had a little small ray of light coming through a miniature window that allowed him to see the corner edges of newspaper and, uh, and, and, and notepads. And he wrote this some 20 page letter on the edges and on the, the corners of, of newspaper scraps and, 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 book, uh, and, and, and book pages out of books and then snuck it to his lawyer and was eventually able to get it out into to the press. I wanna share with you a few short excerpts that make a few points that I believe are critical for our time today. And I'm gonna provide some summary and then I'm gonna be done with you. Here are Martin Luther King's words from the letter from the Birmingham jail. Firstly, I must confess that over the past few years, I have been gravely disappointed with the white moderate. I have almost reached the regrettable conclusion that the Negro's stumbling block in his stride towards freedom is not the white citizen's counselor or the Ku Klux Klanner, but the white moderate, who is more devoted to order than justice. Don't miss that. Who is more devo devoted to order than to justice, 
who prefers a negative piece, piece, which is the absence of tension, to a positive piece, which is the presence of justice, who constantly says, I agree with you in the goal you seek, but I cannot agree with your methods of direct action, who paternalistically believes he can set the timetable for another man's freedom, who lives by the mythical concept of time and constantly advises the Negro to wait for a more convenient season. Shallow understanding from people of goodwill is more frustrating than absolute misunderstanding from people of ill will. Lukewarm acceptance is much more bewildering than outright rejection. He continues, we know through painful experience that freedom is never voluntarily given by the oppressor. It must be demanded by the oppressed. Perhaps it is easy for those who have never felt the stinging darts of segregation to say, wait. But when you have seen vicious mobs lynch your mothers and fathers at will, and drown your sisters and brothers at whim. When you have seen hate-filled policemen curse, kick, and even kill your black brothers and sisters, and when you see the vast majority of your 20 million Negro brothers smothering in an airtight cage of poverty in the midst of an affluent society, when you suddenly find your tongue twisted and your speech stammering as you seek to explain to your six-year-old daughter why she can't go to a public amusement park that has been just advertised on television and sees tears and see tears welling up in her eyes when she is told that fun town is closed to colored children and see ominous clouds of inferiority beginning to form in her little mental sky and see her beginning to distort her personality by developing an unconscious bitterness towards white people. When you are hurried by the day and hunted by night by the fact that you are a Negro living constantly at a tiptoe distance, never quite knowing what to expect next and are plagued with inner fears and outer resentment, when you are forever fighting a denigrating sense of nobodiness, then you will understand why we find it difficult to wait. King's words written 57 years ago are still relevant in the days that we are living in right now. His words accurately describe what needs to be done right now and frame for us an appropriate prophetic stance in these unprecedented times. Leveraging King's words and leveraging what I believe to be an appropriate, passionate response to the prophetic times that we live in, I offer you the following suggestions. The first one is we need white Christian activism. At a minimum, we need the sustained voice 
of our white leaders in every Christian denomination to speak clearly against police brutality in general and the use of aggressive force in particular against black and brown people. This includes, let me be clear, disavowing support for organizations and politicians who pander to and prop up ideals and policies that prioritize order over justice. See, I think journalist McKay Coppins noted it correctly when he spoke about Andrew Whitehead, a sociologist at Clemson University. He argued, this sociologist argued, that Trump's religious base can best be understood through the lens of Christian nationalism. He suggests Christian nationalism is often not really about theology. It's about identity enforcing hierarchy and order. See, this is what I hear when I consistently hear people saying, stay peaceful, don't destroy property. It sounds like having order is more important than producing justice. Let's not forget, we are in the condition we are in because we saw a video of a white cop pushing his knee into the neck of a black man until the breath was gone from that black body only to realize it wasn't one white man, it was three. We need sustained Christian activism. I love the way a good friend of mine on her page uh, put it, Pastor Courtney Ray. She said, here's what an example of white privilege sounds like. You keep saying it's horrible that an innocent black man was killed, but destroying property has to stop. Try saying it this way. It's horrible that property is being destroyed, but killing innocent black men has to stop. See, the issue is in priority. Sure, we need order. No, we do not want to see destruction of property. No, we don't want to see innocent individuals harmed. But be clear, Martin Luther King said it. It has been repeated multiple times during this, this crisis and this pandemic that that riots are the language of the unheard. So let us be clear that, that it is, there is no one who is, who is championing the looting and the rioting that is happening. At the same time, the emphasis needs not to be put on the, the rioters and, 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 and their expression of anger but rather the emphasis needs to be put on, put on rooting out the injustice that created it in the first place. And one significant area that I believe needs quite a bit of, 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 of attention is the support of white Christians who will raise their voice in this time. Now, let me be clear. I understand that, that there have been many pastors who come out during this time and decried the activities uh, that were have now been displayed, not only in this particular case with George Floyd, but other cases prior to this, Breonna Taylor, as well as Ahmaud Arbery, and the far too many names that we know that came before those. So to be clear, I am not suggesting that there has been no support. We need more. We need more activism from white Christians who will raise their voice and say, this is not okay. Second point I want to draw your attention to, notice King's words. 
Freedom is never voluntarily given by the oppressor. It must be demanded by the oppressed. I want to say, as an oppressed people, we cannot become weary in well-doing. We, we cannot become weary. We must continue to demand for justice, particularly those who are followers of Christ. And I want to give you a little hope on this point right here, because, because I want you to understand that, that there is activism that is taking place. You know that, but that activism is having an impact. The initial incident report from the George Floyd case, you may not have read it. I don't have time to read it to you, but there was no mention in that initial incident report that was filed by all four police officers that, that George Floyd sustained the, the kind of treatment that he sustained. They talked about him being removed from his car, but they never mentioned that they put his they put their knees on his neck, his back, and the lower extremities of his body. They never mentioned that he cried out for help and expressed that he could not breathe. They never mentioned any of that until the video was released. So the incident report came out uh, the night the incident happened. The following day, the video was released. It was then that the FBI was called in. Shortly after that, the four officers were fired. Then shortly after that, or a few days after that, about four days to be exact, the, the, uh, the officer who was primarily focused on in the video was arrested. And, and, and now we will see, we are waiting for and believing that the other three officers are going to be charged as well. My point is this, my point is this, is that your ab ab activism and advocacy does make a difference. And we cannot afford to, to, be, uh, uh, to, 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 to be swayed in to a lull thinking that none of this, this, this advocacy will make a difference. We must continue to advocate. Now, that is not the only thing we need to do, but we must continue to advocate for justice. We must continue to use our voice, our social media platforms to, to, to speak up and speak out against the atrocities that we see, because had it not been for that video being released, had it not been for the follow-up of out, the, the outcry that followed that video being released, we, I do not believe we would be in the place that we are in with at least one of the officers being arrested. Now, I want you to be clear. I am totally clear that an arrest is not a conviction. I want you to be clear on that. Our arrest is not a conviction. I understand that, but it is a step towards that conviction. The next thing that we need to begin to advocate for is not only that the other officers will be released, but that the autopsy report will not be allowed to stand as is. Many of you may know that the autopsy report came out from the, the county coroner to say that George Floyd did not d die of asphyxiation. Uh, he, di he died because of pre-existing conditions. Now, there was an independent report, uh, independent autopsy that has now uh, uh, come out that was uh, done as a result, uh, as a request from the family. And now that uh, autopsy has declared that he died of asphyxiation. In other words, as a result of the sustained pressure that was placed on his neck and the other parts of his body, George Floyd's life was taken from him. So I want you to understand that advocacy and activism makes a difference and we must continue to do that. We need white activism. 
We need active activism from, from those who feel that they are oppressed, from those of us who feel we are living in an America that continues to oppress black and brown people. We need that activism to continue. And my third and final point is we must allow our prophetic stance to produce present action, not just present truth. I want you to hear me. We must allow our prophetic stance to produce present action, not just present truth. First thing I believe we ought to do, and I've said it, but I want to say it again, we must speak up. What if every person of consciousness, every person who understands that what we have seen and what we are experiencing is not okay in the sight of God, and even if you don't believe in God and you're watching this, you believe that it is not okay. What if every conscious person sustained their advocacy for an entire year? Don't tell me that it won't work. Don't tell me that it won't have impact. I believe that, that it will. After years of the abuse of women being overlooked, there is now substantive actions that have been taken place by that have taken place by companies and our country in response to the Me Too movement. There is still a long way to go, but the movement is now producing more results than any time before. I want you to understand that, that no one would be looking to prosecute uh, uh, Hollywood executives and, and other uh, executives that, ha that, have, that have used their position of power to abuse women. No one would be, be validating these stories were it not for a collective movement that has arisen during this time in our lives. And so I say to you that although we may be sick and tired of being sick and tired, that that should not stop us from continuing to speak up and speak out and create a narrative that injustice is never acceptable. Second thing I believe we ought to do is we got to vote. For those who have exhibited support for caring for under, under, underserved populations, those are the individuals, those are the politicians that should receive our vote. There should be no one elected this year that does not have a social justice agenda. No mayor, no, no city council person, no congressman, no senator, and the Lord knows no president that is elected this year that should be able to be elected without having a social justice agenda. Third thing I believe we need to do is we got to support underserved communities that are consistently underfunded. Underserved communities typically have higher rates uh, of, of poor access to education, poor access to healthy food options, poor housing options, and, and, and lackluster economic opportunities. And, and there are organizations that are on the front lines who are continuing to serve in underserved communities, and we must continue to support those organizations or ourselves get involved with a local school, get involved with a local food bank, get involved with a with advocating for proper housing and economic uh, uh, opportunities in the communities where we live and the communities where we work. And in fact, I must go further than that to say that even if you don't work and live in those communities, it's important you identify where those issues lie and then begin to speak up and speak out and begin to work with, commu work with those communities, either by your individual effort, 
by your individual support of some of these institutions within the communities that continue to be underfunded, underfunded and under-resourced, or by providing resources to organizations that are already serving in those communities. Next thing I believe I do is we must insist, and this one is going to get me in trouble, we must insist that churches and organizations adopt a diversity and justice agenda that makes di diversity and justice a core part of their identity. And here's the part that's going to get me in trouble. I believe we ought not to continue to financially support organizations that choose not to get involved in social justice issues. If they, can, if they refuse to support the communities that, that are, are broken and address the systemic institutions and the systemic issues that are, that are causing our institutions to fail our communities, then I think we ought not to support them financially. Understand, here's where I stand. If the work of the church can remove the barriers that prevent people from seeing Jesus, then we have fulfilled our prophetic assignment for these times. And we must do this together. I believe that passion for God's house ought to produce action to God's and for God's people. See, see, if I care about, about God's agenda, then I must understand that God's agenda, even in the end times, is that all of his children would be able to prepare their hearts and be protected from the onslaught of, 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 of demonic attack that continues to work its way through our society. Yes, I believe the root cause of all of this is sin. I do. But in order to help a brother or sister who has not yet connected to God, who has not yet seen the value of being a follower of Christ, it is my responsibility to ensure that the barriers to them seeing Jesus are removed. And so I pray, I pray that passion for God's house will produce action for God's people. And if 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 we begin as a as a body of believers, white, black, yellow, brown, red, if we come together as a body of believers to say that we will we will continue to advocate for justice, we will no longer we will no longer speak out in times of crisis and then quietly support politicians and organizations that prop up ideals and prop up uh, 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 practices that continue to disenfranchise and continue to cause harm on underserved and underprivileged communities. If, if we will stand up as a body of believers who understand that the gospel was meant for all people, if we will stand up, then I believe we will fulfill our prophetic assignment during these times and we will avoid the trap allowing of a lot of allowing our theological intelligence to to produce a present irrelevance and i don't want to i don't want to be part i don't want to be part of any organization that cannot speak truth to power help to remove the barriers to receiving and re, and, and seeing jesus so that all people can have access to the great and glorious love 
that is only found in Jesus Christ. And I dare you to join me in that. I dare you to join me in, 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 in saying that this is the time that we will not return to normal. We're already in, ab in an abnormal situation. This is the time that we will not return to normal. We will, we will step outside of our comfort zone and create a new normal so that as we continue to march throughout the remainder of Earth's history, we will be able to remove the barriers that keep people from seeing Jesus so that more and more of God's children can enter into the journey of eternity and spend the ceaseless ages with our heavenly father, Jesus Christ. I, I wanna be there, I want you to be there, and I want everybody who is part of this community that, that I serve in and my family and the communities that you are in and your families, I want all of God's people to make it home. I want you to pray with me as we close this message. Father, in the name of Jesus, I thank you for the time that has been ours. I pray that you will speak clearly to our hearts today, Father, not only during this time and during this sermonic moment, but Father, I pray once this sermonic moment has concluded that we will take action that aligns with the, the, the call of the gospel, the call of relevance, the call of being present in an end time reality. I pray that we will take action that brings joy to your heart and brings many more people into the kingdom. Thank you, God, for being a God who never fails. In Jesus' name, amen. Ladies and gentlemen, if you were not moved to a place that has, uh, you're in this place where you don't want to just talk about it. You don't want to just be conceptually um, engaged. You want to move in an action-oriented way to help remove the barriers. And you receive this message that was presented through God's manservant tonight, that I'm encouraging you to, in this moment of prayer, go ahead and bow your head. And I'm asking that God would just give you not just the guidance, not just the courage, not just the boldness to do it, but that he'd also give you the wisdom so that we can move with strategy so that we can move in a way that will affect change. As I prepare to release you this evening, I want to encourage you, please pray. Please take some time to fast during this time. And as you're getting out there and engaging, as ML6 told us earlier, as Dr. Doggett instructed us earlier, and as Pastor Franklin told us in this season that we have to get out there on the front lines. And as God's children, we have to do what we've been called to do to make sure that those who are struggling in an oppressed position can experience liberation and can experience the love of Christ as they deserve to experience it. I'm going to ask right now ML6 to come back. I'm going to ask Dr. Doggett to come back. And in this moment, in this moment, um, I just want to say thank you to you, ML6. I want to say thank you to you, Dr. Doggett, for being the faithful voices that God has called you to be in this time. We're not playing games. We want the people to know that this revival is way more than you just getting your feet, your feelings tickled. We want to move you to action. And tonight I'm going to give you all the final word before we play our outro. Go ahead and, and talk to the people as we prepare to release them to do what God has called them to do. Um, I just want to say that it, it's timely. Pastor Franklin did a very timely message. And to just encourage all ministers to not be afraid 
to involve and engage in the social justice as it pertains to prophecy, as it pertains to the word. They go hand in hand, people. They go hand in hand and it's nothing to be afraid of. So I challenge all ministers to not be afraid to speak up, to not be afraid to do your research and to get back in your word, to not yeah. get comfortable with where you are in your word, to yeah. move further in your word so that you can speak to this appropriately. We are in crazy times right now. I also want to say, if it becomes too much what you're seeing on the internet, if it becomes too much what you're seeing on television, take time away to protect your mental, your mental headspace. Take time away. It's okay. It's okay, as you said, to fast, to pray, to get in your word. I believe that this quarantine time is a part of it is for us to really hone in to what the father is talking about and what he wants to hear from us and what he wants to say to us. And I really believe as believers, as kingdom people, we really got to be on top of our stuff right now yeah. because there's so many other things that can infiltrate, infiltrate our minds. Mm -hmm. That is really up to us to study, to show ourselves approved. That's good. Dr. Doggett. I want to co-sign what ML6 said. She said it so eloquently and so well, and this is not a time to be afraid. Tonight, we listen to a practical scholar, someone who I consider to be a grounded theologian and like the men of Issachar, knows the times and knows what to do. He gave us practical counsel tonight. And I want to suggest that ministers do need to step forward. Come on. Now is the time for us to live out the faith that we've been preaching about. And I believe that others will follow our lead. God's asked us to really give leadership right now, and it's time to be serious about it. I want to go as practical as I can now with the last word I want to say, and that is everybody vote. Come on. Remember, ML, she mentioned it earlier, everybody, everybody vote. vote. I don't even want to hear right. the excuses. And to be honest with you, I'm a little tired of going to meetings to talk about the problem. Right. We've critiqued well enough. There right. are things we can do. And I know I'm going to be digging in, digging in with voting, getting people registered to vote, mm -hmm. intelligent about the issues and the candidates so that we can have a say-so in those who are going to be making life easier or harder for us and for our people. So it's time for us to really be practical in our faith, be less intellectual, and let's get out there while we still have time and get the work done. Well, I want to say this, Dr. Doggett and ML6, we here at the Quarantine Revival want to use our platform to help those who might need some guidance. So listen, if you need as a leader some guidance on how to organize a voter's registration drive or things of that nature, what we're going to do is we're going to put together some information and we're going to make sure that you're able to get your hands on this information that is invaluable during this season so that you have absolutely no excuse for going out there and holding the people with whom God is placing your sphere of influence accountable. Hold yourself accountable, but like ML6 says, do not be afraid to hold those who are connected to you accountable just as well. You need to hold your family, hold your cousins, hold your brothers, hold your sisters, hold everyone accountable because we need to do this and we need to do this now. We're not gonna wait any longer. We're not gonna keep talking about it. We're going to actually go out there and do something about it. So as we move forward in this quarantine revival, you can expect that from us. 
We're going to point you in the right direction where you can get your hands on resources. And we're also going to give some more practical uh, steps and maybe the, 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 the how aspect of how you can be a leader during this time. Again, thank you, ML6. Thank you, Dr. Doggett, for coming through. And I want to celebrate all of you who have come and worshiped with us tonight. If you desire to give, I want to just remind you that everything that is given, all seeds that are sown, will go toward helping those who are in financial need. You can go to our website, www.thequrevival.com, and you can sow your seed there. If you want to use Cash App, you can use your Cash App and send your seed with the money sign, the Q Revival. Again, that's the money sign, the Q Revival. And then at PayPal, you can use paypal.me forward slash the Q Revival. I also want you guys to know that we have a YouTube channel. We want you to subscribe to our YouTube channel. We put that that link there, right there um, uh, at the top of this live stream so that you have no excuse. Press that link, go and subscribe, and we will choose a winner. We're going to go and see who subscribed tonight, and we're going to reach out to you, and we're going to give you a prize uh, to celebrate your participation. At this time, again, we want to say thank you for coming. We love you. God be with you. We're praying with you, and we want you guys to keep moving forward. God is in control, and while he is sovereign, Lord over our situation, we will not fear. Encourage and empower. We're going to move forward, and we're going to watch God take us to the next level. God bless you. Have a great rest of the evening.